So tonight we're starting a new series, um, and you know, I I think you know I was really trying to think of how we could piggyback off of our last two weeks. We talked about influence and about commitment, and you know, I I really want to continue to try to push you guys, especially coming off what I think was a very good summer, like where um, I feel like the youth group grew a lot spiritually, uh, grew a little bit closer together, I think more close knit. And I think that I, I genuinely do feel this. And I've told people this a lot is, you know, I feel like our youth group is at a great place to where it's ready to do some really amazing things for the kingdom. Like I, I really feel like as school starts that you guys are going to take what we've been doing this summer and, and actually like put it into practice to make an impact for the kingdom of God. And so I want to keep trying with these lessons to continue to push you guys and like challenge you guys to do things that, you know, like uh, these aren't, I'll say this, these lessons aren't like, they're not like baby Christian lessons, you know, where we're sitting here trying to, uh, like preach the gospel and just be like, Hey, here's the basics, you know, like these are a little bit more advanced things of like, Hey, here's how you take the next step in your spiritual walk. Here's how you grow spiritually in the way that God is calling you to grow. Like you guys are all at a point to where I view you guys as like solid Christian kids in the youth group. And so I'm trying to push you guys to take that next step, if that makes sense. And so I'm not going to shy away from kind of talking about challenging topics. Like a couple of weeks ago, I feel like that influence uh, lesson that we had was something really challenging to talk to you guys about removing negative influences from your life, because that's something that's really hard to do. And last week, talking about commitment and this idea of giving your all, which is something that's really hard to do, right? Like giving your all is not something that is just a casual everyday thing to do. So tonight we're going to talk about, we're going to start a series. I'll just go ahead and tell you what it is, okay? You, you guys know I like to draw it out and I like to make you wait for the payoff. But uh, we're going to start a new series called Disconnected, okay? And I have a graphic, I promise, but it is what it is. And so, um, you know, whenever I was thinking about what to name this series or kind of what, like, what title to give it, I was really kind of torn between two things. I was trying to decide to go with disconnected or to go with unplugged okay and and i thought that you know uh, i i thought the unplugged felt a little too like techie that you guys were going to think that it was going to be about like turning off your phones and like getting away from that which is not what this is about you know i think uh when i really started to think of what the content of the series was going to be it's really something that, that at least if, if you don't feel like it is now, it should be something that is truly devastating to Christians. And it's, the, it's this idea of feeling disassociated from God, like disconnected, unplugged from God, whatever you want to say. And, and so I think that's kind of why I, I lean towards this idea of disconnected, you know, because like it's not so much about being like plugged into God. Or like plugged into the youth group or thing. It's talking about like feeling connected to God. And, and you know, I think whenever, when I think of like a problem of something being unplugged, like I don't know about you guys, when you're trying to like figure out why something's not working and you're like pushing all these buttons and trying to figure out 
And then you ask them, like, did you make sure it was plugged in? And then you look and, like, you see that it's not plugged in. Like, it's, it's a comedy thing that you see in movies and stuff. But I feel like that happens from time to time to us. You know, like, oh, the, the HDMI cord came loose and wasn't plugged in. Something like that. That's an easy problem to fix, right? You just plug it back in. But when you, when you get on your phone, your computer, whatever, and you go to get on the internet and you get this message that pops up that's like, you're not connected to the Wi-Fi. Okay, like you're disconnected. Okay, that's a bigger problem, right? Because usually your Wi-Fi, yeah, maybe you can go unplug it, count to 10 and plug it back in. Like we all know that trick. But like a lot of times if your Wi-Fi is down or something, you don't know how to solve that problem. Like you're disconnected and you kind of feel helpless, right? You, you, don't, know, you don't know what to do. And, and, and honestly, like and this is major first world problems, but that's got to be one of the most frustrating and helpless feelings is to be like, oh my gosh, my Wi-Fi won't work and I don't know how to fix it. And... Okay, that might be a bit dramatic, that it's the most frustrating thing in the world. But you guys understand what I mean, right? Like, you guys understand exactly what I'm talking about. And so, in this series, I don't want to, I didn't want to lean towards this, like, unplugged from God, because like I said, you know, it's easy to just plug something back in. So I want to talk about this idea of being disconnected from God. And like, these moments when we feel just completely like we're trying to connect to God, but the Wi-Fi is just not on, you know, and we just don't know how to fix that. We don't know how to reconnect to God. Now, this is kind of a disclaimer. Before I fully get into this series and this lesson tonight, I want to explain one very big difference between what we're going to talk about and what you may be thinking when you think about being disconnected from God. Because we have to all understand that on a base level, that we are all disconnected from God by our sin, right? Like we all understand that sin creates this barrier between us and God. Like God is perfect, we are not. When we sin, we separate ourselves from God, okay? And that's just like a physical, like, separation. Or, or a spiritual separation. But when we're talking about being disconnected from God in the sense that we're talking about for this series and for this lesson tonight, we're talking about, like, relationally. Does that make sense? Like, this is not like... Oh, my friend moved away, and so we're disconnected. This is talking, like, you can still text, you can still communicate. This is like, my friend won't return my texts and calls, so I feel disconnected from them. You know, it, there's a difference there. And so, you could still, like, we all understand that, like I said, we're all disconnected from God by our sin, but even when you're disconnected from, by your sin, you can still have a very close personal relationship with God. Right. Even like the best Christian, the Billy Graham's, the the pastors, the deacons, whatever you want to say in the world, like those people who, you know, read their Bible seven times a day because seven's a holy number. And like I, I don't know, that's just exaggerating, but whatever. Like these people who are the holiest people that you can think of, <clears throat> who you might be like, wow, they are the most connected person to God I've ever seen are still disconnected because of their sin. So what I'm talking about is not this idea of being disconnected by your sin, but this idea of being disconnected relationally, like how we actually relate to and connect to God that way. So throughout this series, we're going to evaluate what causes us to become disconnected or to disconnect in our relationship with God. <clears throat> now, what I found interesting is I started to kind of do some research for this lesson, this series, is I was, I was like Googling, like I tend to do, like 
um, like disconnected from God. You know, like I'll just start with broad things and see what I find and everything. And what, what I tended to find were articles or things that said what to do if you feel disconnected from God. Or articles that said how to reconnect with God, meaning that you're disconnected and you're trying to figure out how to reconnect, okay? But there were very little to no articles about how to stay connected to God, right? Like there was nothing that was like, so you're connected to God. How do you maintain that? How do you stay connected to God and not get disconnected? You know, I I find this really weird because... We all just lived through a year in last year where a vaccine, a preventative vaccine, ruled everyone's mindset, right? Like everyone was obsessed with, have you gotten the COVID vaccine? Have you not gotten the COVID vaccine? If you have gotten it, you have a passport card now that you have to show to get into certain... Like we were obsessed with taking preventative measures to prevent ourselves from getting COVID, right? Like, our our culture was obsessed with prevention. Now, imagine if you got on Google and you Google searched COVID vaccine. You wouldn't expect to find a bunch of articles saying what to do if you get COVID, right? You would expect to find facts about the vaccine, where to get it, like how to prevent yourself from getting COVID, not what to do if you get COVID. Does that make sense to you guys? So when you search disconnection from God or how to how to keep from getting disconnected from God the fact that all you find are ways to react to already being disconnected is kind of strange do you understand where I'm coming from like we should care more about preventing ourselves from getting disconnected to God than we do about how to how to treat the symptoms of being disconnected to God does that make sense is everyone tracking with me because I felt like that was kind of muddy but I feel like we got to the end of it, okay? <clears throat> when it comes to our relationship with God, I feel like as Christians and as humans, we take a very passive approach to it. We're like, hey, I've got this, I've got this relationship to God, and it's good, like I'm staying, I, I'm connected right now, but you know, I'm gonna live my life, and if I get disconnected, then I'll figure out how to get reconnected whenever I feel like it. Instead of living our lives and being like, hey, I'm connected to God right now. And instead of getting to a place where I'm disconnected from God and it's hurting me spiritually. I want to stay committed and I want to stay focused on maintaining my connection with God. You know, I think that we just become very passive about that. And we don't care if we become disconnected because we're just like, ah, it's just a normal thing that happens, you know. We sin, right? We, we just think, oh, because we sin, we're already disconnected from God. So it's not abnormal for me to feel disconnected from God. So why should I care about trying to stay connected all the time? <clears throat> the other thing that this Google search made me realize or brought to my attention is the number of people who feel disconnected from God. Like, why do we have all these articles and all these things talking about this idea of getting reconnected to God or how to, how to not feel disconnected from God. Like literally there was article after article after article. And let me tell you something right now. They don't write articles without people wanting those articles to be written. Okay. So if you find a bunch of articles on something, it's because people are asking that question and people are searching for that answer. So 
What I want to do through this series, and especially tonight with this lesson, is really look at a preventative approach. Because, quite frankly, like I talked about, I feel like we've had a very impactful summer. I feel like, for the most part, we're in a pretty good place, many of us spiritually as a youth group. So how then do we maintain this connection? How do we not get to a point to where we need to be reconnected to God? <clears throat> and so tonight, um, what we're going to talk about may be the most duh moment in my entire time as a youth minister. But what we're going to talk about is how our parasitic sin, and there's a reason I use that word, we'll get into later, how our parasitic sin causes us to get disconnected from God. Now again, I want to be clear. Our sin is, yes, what ultimately separates us from God physically, spiritually, but tonight I want to talk about how our sin disconnects us from God relationally. Now, I think the best way to illustrate this is with a passage of scripture from Isaiah 59. <clears throat> In Isaiah 59, verse 2, Isaiah says, you, or he's, okay, this is God talking to his people through Isaiah, okay? So God says, your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. Okay. So the first half of this, your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God. Okay, this is what we've already talked about that we're not talking about tonight. It's this establishment that our sin is what separates us from God. Okay? And now you might look at the second half of that verse and be like, oh, well, that sounds like the same thing restated. But I think the key point here is the word and. Okay? The word and implies something different. Right? You don't say and if you're going to restate the same thing. You would say or, or something like that. So when we look at this word and, we know that what's being said next is a different topic or a different idea. <clears throat> so then it says, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. Okay. So in the second half of the verse, we see that our sins have hidden God's face from us. Now, see, this is different from the um, eternal separation, the spiritual separation the first part talks about. This is more of a relational riff between us and God. Like, this is a difference between, like, not, not this emotional separation. It's like a physical, like, God does not want to be around us because of our sin. And I'll explain why this happens, okay, in just a second. But first... I think we have to understand why I use this word parasitic with sin, okay? Now, I, I would hope that we all know what a parasite is, right? Like, this is basic science, okay? Like, a parasite is something that lives and thrives off of a host, okay? So, like, a tick is a parasite because it lives on another being and it lives off of their body, their blood, okay? That's how a tick survives. And in the same way, 
sin works as a parasite in our lives. It, it thrives off of us. Now, now, let me give you kind of an example of how this works. I, I had This is kind of an interesting story because I remembered... <clears throat> I was looking back at some different things I'd taught in the past about this topic, and I found an example in there. And, and I have a buddy whose name's Greg. He used to be a youth pastor. He's now a campus pastor at a different church. But uh, <clears throat> it said in my notes, it said, Greg's stray cat. And I was like, what the heck? I was like, what is this story about? So I texted Greg. I'm like, hey, can you call me and tell you me about what this stray cat story is? He was like, dude, I'm in Africa. Uh, can we text? And I was like, sure. And then I asked him what it was, and he was like, oh, I need to call you. Can we FaceTime? And so I literally FaceTimed Africa today because I had to know what Greg's stray cat meant. <clears throat> but I remembered this story once he told it to me. So, so let me tell you how sin is like a stray cat, okay? First of all, I hate cats, so associating with them with sin is totally okay with me, but whatever. So let me tell you how sin is like a stray cat. So Greg has three boys, and they used to live... Uh, in the town where Haley grew up, Berry Hill. And one day, there was this stray cat that wandered by their property. And the boys were like, oh, look at the stray cat. It's so sad. It's so lonely. Can we please, like, go pet it? And they, the, their parents were like, no, you cannot go pet this stray cat. Well, the next day they came home from school and the cat was there. And the boys were like, please, please, can we please go pet the cat? And they were like, no, you can't go pet the cat. Well, finally, after a few days of this going on, they were like, well, let's see if the cat will even come to us, okay? And so they started, like, putting their hand out, and the cat would not even get near to them. And so what they started was over the next few days, they would bring, like, little bits of food or milk or water, things out to dry to draw the cat into them, okay? Well, eventually, one day, the cat came in. They got to pet the cat. They gave it a little bit of food, a little bit to drink and everything. And then all of a sudden, every single day when they would come home from school, that cat would be on their porch. Okay? So they would give it food, and they'd pet it when they'd come home. And the boys just were so excited every time this cat would be there and everything. Well, then one day, a second cat showed up. They were kind of like, okay, well, now there's two cats, but... We'll still give them some food and something to drink and pet them, and it'll be okay, you know? Well, all of a sudden, one of the cats was pregnant, and they had kittens, four kittens. And all of a sudden, they had six cats that now they felt kind of responsible for. And these six cats were on their porch. They'd come home, and there were six cats. And all of a sudden, they started taking these cats to the vet, and taking care of these cats and, and buying food for them and all this stuff. And it became, a, <clears throat> it became an investment on their part financially. We understand that pets are that, okay? But, like, this is a stray cat that has now turned into, like, their life. And, in fact, when he stopped, he told me today, I didn't know this part of the story, but when he had moved from the church he was at when that happened to their new church... They took five of the six cats with them because they couldn't catch one. And in fact, his kids were so upset he couldn't catch the sixth one that he had to go all the way back to the town multiple times to try to catch the sixth cat because the kids wanted to bring it with them. So now they have multiple cats that live with them at their new house, all because one day the kids wanted to pet a stray cat. Okay? Now I get that that is kind of... A weird, crazy story. 
But this is the same type of way that sin infests our lives. It starts with something that we don't think is a big deal, like petting a cat. Something that we can explain away. Something that, you know, we don't think at the time is that big of a deal. But one thing that's not a big deal turns into, okay, well now let's take it a step further. Okay, now let's take it a step further and a step further and a step further. And all of a sudden this thing that started out as something that didn't seem like a very big deal is something that is absolutely consuming our lives. And this sin that has now become a parasite in our lives because, see, it just starts with one little piece and then the sin just thrives off of our desire and our willingness to go one step further. And this sin causes us to disconnect from God because this sin in our life causes guilt. And we've talked in here before about how guilt is, can be good. Because guilt can prompt us to action, but this is not that type of guilt. This is the type of guilt that does things like prevents us from going to church and facing people who we feel might judge us for this sin in our life. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. But this is the type of sin, the guilt, that makes us reluctant to pray Or read our Bibles because we know that there's issues in our life. It's this idea of like, oh, well, I'll come to God, but I need to get rid of this thing in my life first. And that's just such a bad mentality. Like, like you can't pray to God. You can't spend time with God because you're weighed down by this guilt of this parasitic sin that has now taken over your life. And see, this is where the problem sets in because... These three things that I just talked about are the main ways we stay connected to God is gathering with fellow believers by coming to church, diving into his word and reading reading your Bible and spending time with God in prayer. Those are the three main ways we stay connected to God. And when we allow our sin to make us feel so guilty that we stop doing one, two, or all three of those things, it's just like Isaiah said, God's face will seem to become hidden. From us. Now, this guilt, albeit, is not the total fault of the sinner. Like, yes, guilt is the fault of the sinner, but it's not totally the fault of the sinner because, like I referenced, Christians as a whole tend to have a problem with judgment, and the church has a problem of judging people. And realistically, This should be like, this is like, the fact that the church has a problem with judgment is like, is so far in the sad category that it should be comical. Like, I have a feeling that Satan and the evil forces just laugh at the fact that the church is so judgmental. Like, it's the best thing that ever happened for them. Because... In reality, the church should be a place where people love and people understand. Because guess what? Everyone in the church sins. And for us to sit there and judge someone else for their sin is just really, really comical. But yet we allow this, this judgment that the church continues to perpetuate generation after generation, to be something 
that takes other people out of connection with God. I, you guys know, I mean, this isn't a secret. I'm a big OU fan. That's where I went to school. That's where I grew up. Now, a few years ago, OU had a football player. You may have heard of him. His name was Baker Mayfield. Okay. Very polarizing person. Okay. To say the least. Kind of one of those players that if he's on your team, you love him. And if he's not on your team, you hate him. And you love watching him get arrested on Dixon Street in Fayetteville. Okay. Like it is what it is. So. I have in my office, if you've never been in there, two, two magazines in a frame of Baker Mayfield. One when he won the Heisman, and he's like doing the Heisman pose on the cover of Sports Illustrated. And another one when they made the college football playoff, and he's like throwing a ball. Okay, they're, po- they're magazines that I have framed in my office. Now, when I first got these magazines, when Baker won the Heisman, and I got the, the Sports Illustrated with him on the cover, um, I wanted to hang it in my office because it's, it's kind of cool. But I was, I, was, I was honestly afraid of hanging that in my church office because of some of the things that Baker had done. Because I was afraid people would see it and would be like, oh, I can't believe you like Baker Mayfield. Like, he's such a bad person. Like, he's just, you know, he's just not a good guy, whatever. You know, I look at, I look at that, and that may have been a stretch in trying to explain what I'm trying to explain. But I, I should never have been embarrassed to put something that meant something to me on my wall, like in my office. Now, if he started like worshiping Satan, like then we may have an issue. But like this is just someone who made a couple bad decisions in his life. You can sit here and say he's not a good guy. I, I, I don't care one way or the other. I'm not trying to argue for Baker Mayfield here tonight. But... Putting a magazine with his picture on my wall is not something that affects my spiritual well-being. Like, and it shouldn't be something that should affect anyone else's spiritual well-being. It's not like someone walks into church and is like, oh my gosh, it's Baker Mayfield. I feel myself being separated from God in his presence. Okay, like, that's ridiculous. But what I'm saying here is like, it was something that actually crossed my mind because I was afraid of this of this judgment of others and what other people would think about a decision that I made. But I want to say one thing about Baker Mayfield. And, and you can say that he just did this for show. or One thing he always did, even to a fault, is he would own up to his mistakes. Every Monday after he would do something stupid on a Saturday, he would hold a press conference to apologize for what he did. Even to the point to where when he did something that I didn't think he needed to apologize for in planting a flag in the middle of Ohio State's football field, he apologized because he realized that it upset people. And I genuinely tend to believe from watching many of his interviews that he meant the things that he said. Now, do I think he's glad that he planted the flag? Yeah, I think he's glad he planted the flag. It's iconic. But I think he did feel bad that he offended some people. So what I want to look at here is, I think that believe it or not, he demonstrates something that we need in our lives to maintain connection from God when we sin. When we have this parasitic sin in our life, we need repentance. Now, 
again, we can debate about whether or not he meant the things that he apologized for. But in our lives, if we are repentant of this sin that we have in our lives, if we truly go before God and say, hey, God, I am, I am sorry that I have failed you in this way. I'm sorry that I have torn myself away from you and disconnected myself from you in the way that I did then God is looking to forgive us for that and not hold that against us in the way that humans try to. We've got to be ready to turn our guilt aside and say, God, I understand that it's hard for me to come to you because I am, I'm dirty and I'm full of this parasitic sin that is disconnecting me from you. But I come to you right now asking for forgiveness and to be cleaned up so that I can reconnect with you to serve you to the best of my ability. We have to be willing to allow that to happen. Now back to the stray cat story. And I talked to Greg about this again today. He said, I wish that I would have just called animal control in the beginning. And that sounds horrible. But I think he's to the point, or was to the point then, and he reiterated it today, to where he wishes that his kids would have never pet that stray cat in the first place. That the situation would have never existed, that the situation would have never escalated. And I wonder how many of you guys sitting out here today are, are looking at sin in your life. And, and while I've been talking, you've been kind of tracing it back to where that sin began. The first time you proverbially pet the cat, okay? Like that sounds weird, but whatever. And I wonder how many of you sitting out here like, I wish I had never done that first thing that didn't seem like a big deal. Because it has led me to this place where I am so disconnected from God because of this one sin in my life. Guys, let me tell you something right now. We can't help that our sin separates us from God. We can't help the fact that that happens. But here's the good news. Jesus took care of that separation. He laid himself on a cross that bridged the gap between us and God. He, he paid a debt to fill that separation, the gap that is the separation between us and God. It is our responsibility, however, to deal with our sin head on and to, ex- and to accept Jesus bridging that gap for us. Doing our best to keep this parasitic sin under control and continue to do things that keep us connected to God. Things like going to church, reading God's word, and spending time with him in prayer. Now, now I'd like to hope, especially after all this stuff I've said about what a great summer we had and blah, blah, blah. I'd love to hope that none of you sitting in this room are in a state of disconnection from God. But realistically, I know it's likely that most, if not all of you, are more disconnected from God than you are connected to God. 
So here's what I'm going to ask you guys. As we walk through this series, I hope that you will truly allow the topics we talk about, the things we discuss, to help you self-evaluate your connection to God. And I hope that you'll not only find the tools to, to reconnect with God, because as we talked about, like, there's all these articles about how to reconnect with God, but I hope that more importantly, you will find the tools that once you are connected to God, you don't become disconnected from him again in the future. Because if we can, if we can keep ourselves from getting disconnected from God once we're connected, then we have a lot less problems to deal with in our life. Now, I'm not, not sitting here preaching some sort of prosperity gospel saying, oh, if you're connected to God, life's going to be all peachy. But, like, we understand that being connected from God is much better for us as Christians than being disconnected from him. So I hope, like I said, that this series is going to be something that will help you guys and, and give you, equip you guys with tools to remain in a place with God that keeps you connected with him. I'm not going to tell you guys, you guys know me too well. I'm not going to tell you what the rest of the topics are. You got to come back and hear them. But I hope that you guys will, will be here throughout this series to learn how to stay connected to God who desires to have you connected to him so that he can guide and direct and lead your life in the plan and the way that he desires to use you. Let me pray for you guys and uh, we'll get, uh, we'll, we'll just finish up here. We can hang out for a little bit. God, thank you so much for today. I just thank you so much for your sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for us, that he bridged the gap of the separation that is caused by our sin, God. And I, I thank you for, for that that sacrifice that he made so that we cannot have this emotional, spiritual separation from you, God. But I just pray that you would give us the boldness and the courage to face our sin head on so that there is not this relational separation between us, God. God, we know that we all fall short. We know that we all have parasitic sin in our lives. And I just pray that you would help these students to, to be aware of how harmful it can be aware of what exactly this sin is in their life and what it's doing to them and that they can figure out a way to, to face it, to handle it, so that they can reconnect to you, God, and that they would never become disconnected from you again. God, we, we pray that you would just be with us through this difficult, challenging thing to do with our lives, that we would just remain devoted, committed, and connected to you, God. God, we love you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.